Hello and welcome to the Trial Lawyer Podcast. My name is Gabriel White and I'm with the law firm of White and Garner and today I'm having a discussion with Scott Powers from Snow Christensen and Martineau about the current status of the golden rule argument in uh, Utah law. Um, there seems to be some confusion about this on the trial level and so we go back and discuss kind of the seminal case in Utah that uh, says that you can use golden rule arguments as to liability but not as to damages and uh, we go ahead and explain a little bit what that means so hopefully you'll enjoy and uh, take a listen so today we're talking about the status of the golden rule uh, or law and golden rule arguments at trial here in the state of Utah um, which is interesting because the last case that I've seen addressing this issue is from like 20 years ago or 30 years ago. But given some recent developments and things that I've seen in, in court, there seems to be some confusion still, even amongst members of the judiciary, um, over when golden rule arguments are appropriate um, and when they are not. Um, Scott, what is your understanding? Well, what is it? What was it before I reread Green versus Louder, or what is yeah, it now? Yeah, the, the main case is a, it's a Utah Supreme Court opinion, Green versus Louder. Um, maybe able to get the citation for that and put it in the show notes. But um, so check that out. But that that's the last case uh, that adjudicated this issue that I've been able to find in the state of Utah, and it's pretty clear, and yet. Um, several times I've cited it for the proposition that, um, you know, Green versus Louder basically says it, it deals with a lot of different issues, but the key one that's relevant here is it says that uh, golden rule arguments, meaning arguments asking the jury to put themselves in the position of one of the parties to the case. Um, Treat others as you would like to be treated. Right. Um, they, that they are appropriate when it comes to liability, but they are not appropriate when it comes to damages. Yeah, and uh, the surprise to me was that I, you know, historically had thought that it was not appropriate when it comes to liability either. And in fact, I think most people, defense bar, plaintiff's bar, whoever, shy away from any kind of golden rule argument, regardless of the uh, position, because they... You know, there's there's that understanding that it's not okay, but I think what this case says, well, I know what it says, is that it is okay so long as it's not about damages. So you can ask them, you know, you would have done the same thing in that scenario, but you can't ask them, what do you think you would be entitled to money-wise? Yeah, I mean, the, you can't ask them, well, when you're, when you're just, when you're, Considering how much to award the plaintiff and plain and suffering, put yourself how in the much would you like? I want all plaintiff's of position. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you um, can say if you were driving your car down the road, yeah, and you saw this, what would you do? Right, exactly. I mean, would you put pull yourselves out, in their position? Would what you pull would you? out without looking, or what? What do you do when you're on the yeah. road or when you're doing this? And so, you know, as to liability, those are, you know, and I can see. Many cases where they'd be extremely helpful, premises liability cases, being able to argue, okay, well, 
you know, when they're arguing that it's that the plaintiff can't recover because they were hurt by an open and obvious danger, being able to say, well, you know, what would you do? What would you do? Would you, you know, if the, if you saw that you were going to the store and there was some snow and ice in front of the door, would you would you walk into the store or would you stop and go back to your car and go home? Um, because I think most of the time people are going to say, well, I would just go into the store. I wouldn't, you know, think twice. And, um, you know, that... Well, well, if you saw that it was shiny and obviously icy, would you just walk right across it? Most people, the answer to that, the true answer would be absolutely. That it's open and obvious, Gabe. It's I open mean, and obvious. Have you ever have you ever gone up to a store and because of some condition of no, being no, no. closed? Gabe, 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 as a member of the entering. defense bar, I always drive home. You always drive home. Always drive you home. give up on your plans and you just Absolutely. drive home. Absolutely. That's okay. the only way to do it. That's the only That's safe the way. safe way. Yeah. And never take any safe. kind of risk ever. Okay. Ever. Fair enough. Fair enough. Says the guy who's in the room with uh, Gabe. Yeah. Which um, is inherently risky. It is inherently risky. And, you know, I just don't know how this idea got... I didn't either. Perpetrated. I, I mean, because 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 every time I see him mentioned or, or anybody argue about it, they cite Green versus Loud because that's not okay. And they'll say it's not Green okay. Versus... And the case clearly says it, it is, okay is okay for <laughs> for certain things, and it isn't okay for others. And I've had well, judges. I... I've had judges included in a standing order that they send out to everybody who's going to try a case in front of them, just saying golden rule out arguments are not allowed, and. I thought to myself, That's you know, half right. it's well. In that case, I didn't. I didn't bring it up because we weren't plan. We hadn't been planning on using them. I just noted because it, you know, wouldn't have. We didn't have to worry about liability at all in that case. Well, I think but, the payoff really comes though. I mean, I, I in my mind, the benefit to a golden rule argument is if you could make it, is going to primarily come on the liability side. If you or not liability side, I'm sorry, damages side. Well, I mean, if you're really going to get a payoff, you want that jury putting themselves in your shoes and thinking, "What should I get cuz my son died?" It depends. I mean, if if you're in a case where you've got um where you've got liability issues. I mean, you where you have where one of your, you know, I, I, every time we go up there, there's, you know, if if a case goes to trial, there's a dispute over something. Amount of damages, liability, liability mm-hmm. yeah, and so you know that's a hurdle that I've got to get over as plaintiff, and I've got to make the arguments. And oftentimes the defense's objections are fairly technical, and you know arguing stuff like you know, um, you know, well if you got, you know, uh, e- even in response to things like, well, you know, he must not. You know, the accident must not have hurt him because he, he, he never went to the doctor. You can say, well, if you got out of the car and you felt okay, can you can you understand going home and then feeling bad later and going yeah, into the hospital? But I think that goes to damages. See, the more I think about this, the more I think that the reason the courts probably do it isn't so much to say there is no scenario wherein you can make a golden rule type argument, uh, but rather it, it goes to the notion that it's hard to make one that is l- as limited as it needs to be in order to pass muster. For example, if you say, put yourselves into the shoes of this person who was just sitting in a green light and they got hit. Yeah, well, you might be talking about their their comparative negligence. But see, there's not a... But it also makes... It puts them in a position to think, what should I get paid for this? No, I mean, I guess it, you're, you're... It's got to be narrowly considered. Basically right? saying it has a, it could have a subliminal effect that even if you don't bring up damages. Now, the case that you mentioned, that somebody who gets hit... From behind, you're not going to be fighting liability, right? You're not going. There's not really going to be a liability issue, but you know, example, slip and fall case. 
and you're arguing about the open and obvious danger rule. Okay, well that's a perfect example. You know, well what what would you have done? Would you have because so, so that's I, one I, of the I exceptions. Think what we're getting at here is we can expect that on. You're going to a be taking more slip and fall cases, and b in those cases oh, you're no. going to be making I mean, a lot we, more golden rule arguments. You know, I can't blame you. Frankly, we make we we pick out cases based on you know on, on the individual case. Whether they're human. No, we we turn down. I trust me. <laughs> I turn down a lot more cases than you do. I'm sure. I'm kidding. But, um, but you know because we have to invest in the oh, case because yeah. we're taking them on contingency. But, you know, um. It just seems odd to me that this argument would be completely taken off the table if there's case law yeah. categorically that there's case law that says it's it totally valid in as a far lot as of scenarios. Yeah, liability. Right. I mean, as long as I'm saying, you know, I'm discussing you should hold this person liable because of this, put yourself in their position, what would you have done? In that Yeah, scenario. would you have done the same thing as the defendant you or would do you it. have done something completely different? As long as I'm not saying you should award my client a lot of money, put yourself in. So, I mean, that would be an easy distinction to make. As long as I'm not asking you to put yourself in the position of the plaintiff. The victim, yeah. The, the plaintiff. You're, you're, I'm asking you. To, that would be real easy. Now, I think there are some times where you could say, like, the, the open and obvious danger rules is, is an easy example because one of the exceptions to it is if the person would reasonably encounter the, the danger even being aware of it. Like they have to get out of a building and there's, you know, no way out but encountering the icy sidewalk. And so, you know, they go across it even knowing that it's icy. They're still not foreclosed from recovery because they can, you know, because they, they had no other choice. And so asking the jury to put themselves in the plaintiff's position in that case would still be proper. I think the only time it ventures into improper territory is when I'm trying to argue for a number, an amount. And the way I'm doing that is saying, put yourself in the plaintiff's position. How would this feel to you? You know, what would that be worth? Or, you know, if I had to pay you to get injured in the, you know, if I, if I said, I'll give you $50,000 if you let me break your arm with a baseball bat, would you do it? No, I'm good. And nobody would, everybody would say no. But I think that's the, that's the type of argument that, that's probably improper yeah. under Green versus Louder. But this idea that the, you know, that you can never argue this to the jury is completely inconsistent with the case law, and it's just bizarre to me that there are so many judges that, you don't, know, don't read the case, they just cite it. Yeah, or they'll say, um, I had one judge say, well, that was a car accident, this is a medical malpractice case, and so I think it's different in medical malpractice cases, and, and you know, we have... You know, we've got all the expert testimony in the world and everything, and there's no distinction, there's no real difference between, you know, on this issue, in the case law or anywhere else, between a medical malpractice issue and, you know, somebody else, especially if we're talking about something that doesn't go directly to their expert testimony, you know. Um, and so I, that's, it's puzzled me why... It's so... Well, here at the podcast, we've blown huge. the lid off it. Everyone knows uh, now. Apparently. I mean, I think everybody knows already, but I, I suspect a, a secret cabal of defense lawyers has been training these judges 
Well, the irony is, you say that, something. but the irony is that in that case, it was the defense lawyer who used it to great effect. That's why I think it is. there is so much irony to, to not using this. But I don't ever get motions to prevent use of golden rule arguments from the defense. I get them I, or, or, or aimed at the defense. We don't ever file them. We only get them filed by the defense aimed at us using gold. Well, I suspect, though, that, again, that's because of the significant benefit such an argument would be in a damages context. Right, but if... if but if it says whole, you know, wholesale bar on yeah, any argument, I that's could see, probably incorrect. I could see a well, judge ruling, incorrect. well, you, you can't argue this as to... You can't use this as to damages, but you can as to liability. Yeah. And then they're wholly consistent with the case law. Yep. But... Uh, you know the the position that I I haven't seen a judge that's been willing to make that distinction yet, which is odd. Well, how many how many golden rule arguments have you made? You know I haven't ever actually made one, but there've been you know a lot of times we get up there and we don't know exactly what arguments, you know, I mean we we have an idea of what we're of the theme and we know kind of what we're trying to get across to the jury, but you can't fully prepare your closing until you see what evidence comes in, what arguments the jury's responding to. And, um, you know, if we needed to, to use it, I want it to be available for what we need to use it for. And, um, you know, with these rulings, it's not. I mean, they're taking it out of my toolbox before I even get up and see if I need it. So, you know, that, that seems inappropriate incorrect it is so ladies and gentlemen takeaways golden rule is not as scary as it used to be you can use it i don't think it's ever been scary but oh it's been scary you frightened i'm scared you stay up late at night thinking about it no i don't i'm also scared i'm also scared of the dark (laughs) (laughs) all right all right that has been our discussion on the golden rule argument in utah um, again, my name is Gabriel White, I'm the law firm of White and & Garner, and we really appreciate you tuning in and listening to the Trial Lawyer Podcast. Um, you can always find it on iTunes, of course, and also on our hosting site at saltlaketrialattorney.com. Uh, we hope you'll tune in to future episodes and leave us some comments in either place, either on iTunes or uh, on the web. Uh, about what you thought, uh, ideas for the future, anything like that. Otherwise, have a good day.